This Women's History Month of Womanica is sponsored by LinkedIn. Let's talk about what is professional today. On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what it means to be a professional. Right now, LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility around where we work, how we work, and even taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Because those things should not stunt career development and growth. Instead, they should enhance it as we show up on our own terms. Professional is ours to define, and our authentic self is our professional self. Post your truth. Show the world the authentic, professional you. And join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Welcome professionals. Hey listeners, it's Jenny with another podcast I think you'll love. TED Talks Daily. Every weekday, you'll hear new ideas on every topic imaginable, from artificial intelligence to how the war in Ukraine can change everything. One episode in particular that I thought you'd really like is the recent talk from creator, comedian, and actress Lily Singh. Lily gets into how women and girls are conditioned to believe success is a seat at the table, when really, we should build a better table. She's hilarious and not only shares intimate experiences from her career, but also offers ways we can build a more inclusive society where girls are encouraged and empowered to do great things. Stick around after this episode to hear part of her talk or head over to TED Talks Daily from the TED Audio Collective, wherever you listen. Hi, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Kate Kelly, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about innovators. These are women who helped shape the world we live in, from inventors to thinkers, whose decisions to explore new paths led us to where we are today. This episode is part of a crossover season with Ordinary Equality, all about the women whose work and activism contributed to the ongoing history of the Equal Rights Amendment. You can head over to that show to hear a longer version of today's episode and an interview with Pat Spearman herself. Today we're talking about one of the living torchbearers of the ERA. She may not have started her career fighting for the ERA, but she's become one of its biggest champions. She fought for Nevada to ratify it, and they did, 45 years to the day after Congress first passed the amendment. Let me introduce Senator Pat Spearman. Pat was born Patricia Ann Spearman in 1955 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Her mother was a business school graduate and executive secretary who later became a traveling evangelist. Her father was a veteran, Tuskegee University graduate and electrician. They met as members of the Wings Over Jordan Choir, singing in large venues all over the country. Pat traveled with them, but they were traveling through a deeply racially divided United States. Most venues denied black people from using the front door, so even the performers had to enter through the back. They'd often bring food and drinks with them, so they didn't have to patronize segregated and often dangerous restaurants or hotels between stops. In 1962, Pat herself came face-to-face with this reality. She saw a white man drink from one water fountain and spit in the other. When she went to drink from the one that he had, her mother had to stop her from drinking in the white-only fountain out of fear they'd be targeted. She was only seven years old. When Pat was a teenager, her family relocated to Alabama and she became one of the first students to integrate a local high school. She remembers racial harassment from other students opposed to integration, an experience that continued into her time at Norfolk State University of Virginia. Pat would later say these encounters lit a fire within her to fight back and make a difference. 
In college, Pat joined the ROTC and in 1977 joined the Army. When she enlisted, the Army was unwelcoming to women and entirely banned gay people from joining. Still, Pat worked in the military police corps of the U.S. for 29 years. During that time, she became a celebrated lieutenant colonel. At the same time, the ERA, which Pat would later champion, was dwindling in popularity precisely because opponents claimed it would force women into military service, the very service that Pat had voluntarily entered. After serving, Pat attended the Episcopal Theological Seminary of the Southwest in Austin, Texas. She graduated with a Master of Divinity and once again found herself confronting the racism and sexism of conservatives. When invited to preach, she was often introduced as the speaker rather than her proper title of the reverend, and was even asked to stand away from her proper place at the pulpit. Pat remained undeterred. In 2005, she moved to Nevada and founded her own church, the Resurrection Faith Community Ministries. She served as pastor. In 2012, Pat began her political career by challenging Nevada State Senator John J. Lee, a two-term incumbent. He opposed abortion rights and same-sex marriage, issues Pat ardently supported. On the campaign trail, Pat was a force to be reckoned with. The combination of her formal speaking experience and her dedication to equality galvanized voters. She spent just one-fifteenth of the money her opponent did in the primary and won by a margin of 26 percentage points. Upon her election, Pat became the first openly lesbian legislator in Nevada state history. She prioritized and continues to support legislation to promote equality, veterans, and energy, EVE, or Eve, as a nod to the first woman in the Bible. In 2014, the Equal Rights Amendment came back to Pat. It fell short of ratification in the 1970s, and a group of women were searching for capable legislators to carry bills in the states that hadn't yet ratified it. Nevada was one such state, and Pat was one such legislator. She introduced her first bid at ratification in 2015, but the bill didn't make it out of committee. Ratifying an amendment from the 1970s, nearly 40 years later, was a leap in logic for many people. One legislator even told her that the quest made Nevada look like a laughingstock. But Pat was determined to ratify the ERA, if only because of its importance to pursuing permanent equality. Pat reintroduced the bill in 2016, and again the following year. Women's marches and the growing momentum of the gender equality movement lent the bill much-needed strength. But the bill was coming up against the same arguments. It would force women to lose benefits and register for the draft. In the 2017 session, Pat took the floor wearing all white, a nod to suffragists, and argued for the ERA. At the end of the session, Pat had accumulated eight nays and 13 ayes. Nevada ratified the ERA, the first state to do so in four decades. Pat continues her fight for equality across all of her occupations and titles today. Since Nevada ratified the ERA, she helped two additional states ratify, Illinois and Virginia. She is currently running for mayor of North Las Vegas. Every time I see a good fight, I'm going to get in it, and I'm not going to quit until we win it. 
All month, we're highlighting innovators. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica. If you want to hear more about Pat Spearman, good news. I've got a new book out also called Ordinary Equality. It goes into details about each of the women we're talking about this season and more we just couldn't get into. Ordinary Equality is a Wonder Media Network production. This episode was produced by Maddie Foley, Carmen Borca Carrillo, and Ali Tejeda. Thanks to Senator Pat Spearman for sharing her voice and wisdom. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another innovator. My goal was always a seat at the table. It's what women are conditioned to believe success is. And when the chair doesn't fit, when it doesn't reach the table, when it's wobbly, when it's full of splinters, we don't have the luxury of fixing it or finding another one. But we try anyways. We take on that responsibility and we shoulder that burden. Now, I've been fortunate enough to sit at a few seats at a few different tables, and what I've learned is When you get the seat, trying to fix the seat won't fix the problem. Why? Because the table was never built for us in the first place. The solution? Build better tables. So, allow me to be your very own IKEA manual. I would like to present to you a set of guidelines I very eloquently call how to build a table that doesn't suck. I've been told I'm very literal. <laughs> Now, right off the bat, let me tell you, this assembly is going to take more than one person or group of people. It's going to take everyone. Are you ready? Should we dive in? Let's do it. Up first, don't weaponize gratitude. Now, don't get me wrong. Gratitude is a great word. It's nice. It's fluffy, a solid 11 points in Scrabble. Okay? However, let's be clear. Although gratitude feels warm and fuzzy, It's not a form of currency. Women are assigned 10% more work and spend more time on unrewarded, unrecognized, and non-promotable tasks. Basically, what this means is all the things men don't want to do are being handed to women. And a lot of those things largely include things that advance inclusivity, equity, and diversity in the workplace. So hear me when I say, a woman shouldn't be grateful to sit at a table. She should be paid to sit at a table. Especially ones she largely helped build. And a woman's seat shouldn't be threatened if she doesn't seem grateful enough. In other words, corporations, this step involves a woman doing a job and being paid in money, opportunity, and promotion, not just gratitude. And women, yeah, go ahead, live it up, do your, do your, live your life. And women, a moment of real talk, trust me, I've been there and I know it is so tough, but we have to understand and remember that being grateful and being treated fairly are not mutually exclusive. I can be grateful but still know exactly what I deserve, and that's the way to do it. <laughs>